every time you go up on stage, whether it's you know, for, an, for an open mic, have one, one objective. So open mics are compared oftentimes to like the gym, you're working out your material. Get up on stage just wanting to change one thing, whether that's rearranging a bit, rewording something, telling a new joke for the first time. Uh, it really took the pressure off of me because the when I first started, I was under the impression that you had to write a new five every time you got up on stage. And that is not true at all. But then I was really overwhelmed about how to tackle through working through my material. Mm. Um, so just deciding one thing to work on really takes that pressure off. And then when you go back and you listen to the set, if you're recording it or if you just on it in your experience, you have a better sense of whether or not that single adjustment made an impact. Because it's kind of like you control for everything else. You are now listening to Mike's Side Chat Podcast. Here's your host, Xavier Johnson. Hey guys, I'm back here with Mike's Side Chat, where I talk to some of my good friends at the mics and shows that I do. And uh, I'm here right now with uh, a new good friend of mine, uh, Caitlin Minoski. Uh, she has been on fire with like her shows and stuff like that. Usually one of my favorite uh, new comics. And uh, I'm glad she took some time to hop on here with me. Caitlin, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. How are you, Xavier? Mm, I'm a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> not, not like bad sad, good sad. Like we were all just talking out here on the pad. Everybody was roasting me and. They don't realize how sensitive I am, so it's fine. Uh, I'm good. I'm drinking, though. So, Yeah, I, did I already ask you how you were doing? I did. That's the alcohol. Yep, okay. got it covered. All yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'll pretend like this isn't happening. So um, I, uh, I was mentioning that you are currently on fire with everything you got going on. Um, if you don't mind me bragging on you for a second, you uh, got into your first festival, which is pretty freaking awesome. Yes, I did. Um, Portland, you, Maine. Portland, Maine. Heck yeah. Have you ever been to Maine? I have not. You haven't been to Maine. I've never been to New England. So <laughs> this will be a big adjustment. Ah. It'll be a good time. Mm. Excited. You said you know somebody in Maine though, right? Yes. My best friend from high school. Um, she went to school up there and she's lived um, outside of Portland since then. Fun, fun. Well, you guys can do some fun stuff in Portland, Maine. You know, they've got all the, the works that I... I don't know anything about. I'm sorry. I don't know anything about Portland, Maine. There's lobster. I've been told they have a red lobster. <laughs> or you just meant lobster? They have lobster. Oh, I bet they do have a red lobster, but I think it's probably even better. Okay, maybe right maybe they got a ponderosa too. We got one of the last ones. You know that? Well, would you think that they might even go as far as have a Waffle House? Shut your face. Maybe. Maybe. Whoa! I don't want to get my hopes up. I I mean, listen. I guess anything's possible in Portland, Maine. You know. I hope. <laughs> We, we actually had somebody uh, travel here to our Ponderosa from out of town. I don't It was there like six hours away. But I, I was driving Lyft, and I was taking them there. And I was like, oh, where are you guys going? Because I couldn't really see the ad. I couldn't really see where I was taking them, just the address. And they're like, oh, we're going to Ponderosa, you know, to have some family dinner. I was like, oh, that's cool. They're like, yeah, you guys are one of the last ones in the Midwest. I was like, really? They're like, yeah, yeah, we travel from near, from near and far. I was like. Okay, uh, near and far, huh? Mm, how far? Six hours. Like for Ponderosa? Is it that good? Is it that nostalgic? They're like, come on, man. I was like, yeah, you're right. I guess it'd be like going to the last blockbuster, I guess. But 
Ponderosa pilgrimage <laughs> of sorts. <laughs> I, I suppose, but that's uh, you know, that's Ponderosa. I guess that's the effect it has on people. Mm. Did you know Ponderosa had entrees? I didn't. I thought I, it was just a buffet, right? But apparently, apparently, uh, mm. they had their they have entrees that you can order, just like a normal mm. meal. Uh, that's where the steaks are. The steaks oh, are not oh. on the buffet. Oh, that makes. I guess that makes more sense. I haven't been there in so long. Mm-hmm. Last time there, I was a kid, and um, yep. actually, no, I wasn't a kid. I was a teenager. My mom was trying to pass me as a kid, and uh, that wasn't mm. working because I had facial hair. Oh well. <laughs> that's always work out when they're like oh yeah my kids uh should eat for free it's like uh, there are no men eating for free <laughs> this this restaurant when it says kids it's like puberty had betrayed me so okay. well i yeah. kudos to your mom for really chasing her dreams i can't well, ever knock that i will never shortchange my mom's dreams they're always I'm getting free food. <laughs> yeah. her and me you know what i'm saying it's free for both of us you know so free kids you know i was just I was I'll be stingy like... with the plates, Adrian. Come on, pile it high. You have so much space. Just go up. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, congratulations on getting to that, uh, that that festival. Thank you so much. Um, the other the other accolade I wanted to acknowledge was the uh, the winning of two of the best sets at Lori Graves' last mic at, at uh, was it Stock Room 601 in Jackson, yeah. Jackson Ohio? Yeah. That's pretty dope. It was a good time. Yeah. Um, a couple comics before we're talking about what do we want to do for this room and more so than just winning best set of the night i'm proud that i'm getting better at knowing which jokes land in which rooms and for which audiences yeah that's something that i'm still will always be learning oh for sure yeah yeah reading the room is always an important rule of thumb you know wherever room you walk into no two audiences are the same someone that's illiterate reading tough tough Hey, it seems like you're doing a good job. Um, was it a good room, you think? I was. I enjoyed it. Okay. Everyone was great. Um, staff was also wonderful, which I definitely pay attention to that and making sure that everybody is treating them respectfully. That's important whenever I'm at a venue. So, oh, yeah, always. You know. You know. But if they're having a good time, that shows me that it's definitely a good setting as well. That's good. That's good. Yeah, Lori always puts on a good show. I think they're actually – that was the last if – I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that's the last <laughs> – Mike, at that room, they're switching over somewhere else for the summer. Yes, it's going to Capital Brewing, I believe, okay. in Chillicothe. Sweet, yeah, yeah, because Lori's from Ca- Chillicothe, easily one of the best comics, not just in Chillicothe but in the state. She's amazing. I went to her um, her uh, album recording, oh and they also goodness. did okay. they also did a uh, excuse me they also did a documentary around her do- her uh, uh, her album recording, and I was in like the first like few minutes of the that DVD. She told me. I watched it. I feel famous and chill. I feel chill. Coffee famous. Because <laughs> you know that's her. That's her fan base and, and where a lot of people know her from. I know her here in Columbus. I had heard about her and everything mm-hmm. uh, before I ever saw her. But uh, no, if you if you ever get a chance to see her do like like a, a full set, like thirty minutes or whatever, even just five minutes, she's hilarious, oh, yeah. phenomenal. I felt that way when I listened to Dustin. Justin Richardson. Oh, He's, so good. Did you go to his album? You I went were there. To his you album were there. Recording for the special. And there's one one point where there's just like a ha 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 ha. ha. <laughs> I was like, oh, that, oh, that's me. Immortalized. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, no. Why don't I have a better laugh? <laughs> oh, boy. You, you recognized your laugh? <laughs> oh, Caitlin. Oh, no. That is, uh, that's pretty iconic. 
that's one word for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's wonderful. Well, you know, you got to take the small wins, I guess. Yeah. You're like, you're that laugh in that, uh, that, that, uh, the album or in that, that special. That's mm-hmm. me. That's, that's hilarious. When I shared it on social media, that's what I said. I Is that like, what you, you can, said? You can listen to not only his jokes, but my laugh immortalized. <laughs> Check it out. That's pretty awesome. Uh, well, it's glad to hear that you're uh, you're winning on all, on all accounts. Um, I am curious because you know I love talking to other comics about comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel like you're? Like, how long have you been doing comedy? Ooh, um, it's uh, over a year. Okay. Um, my comedy anniversary, if you want to call it that, sure. is March twenty sixth. Oh, heck yeah! Okay, so, okay. Yeah. So you're a little a year little... and two months. Okay, sweet, sweet. How do you feel like it's been going? I mean, I know I've been kind of talking to you, but how do you feel like it's been going? It's been going very well. Yeah. Um, I think it's been a really good mix of learning to let some things go and be more comfortable on stage and not necessarily improv. I'm using quotation marks for all of y'all listening. <laughs> um, but just getting more comfortable with knowing that uh, each set is not going to go exactly as you imagine, and that's part of the art form. Each crowd is different. Each set is different. And then also combining that with working very hard to <laughs> control what I can control, writing, stage time, talking to other comics. I've met so many wonderful people in this scene. It's been great. I got into comedy because I had moved to Columbus and I had gotten out of a long-term relationship and I just needed to get out of the house. And on that account, doing phenomenal. Uh, the <laughs> fact that comedy has been enjoyable beyond that, even better. That's sweet. No, you have, I mean, in a very short time, like, you've become one of my favorite writers in the city. I don't know if I told you that. No, seriously, because, like, you the way I'm that... blushing for those listening. <laughs> like, it's, to, like, good writing is good writing, and I always appreciate it, whether you guys, like, is brand new, a veteran, whatever, like, it's just comedy, good comedy is just good comedy, you know? And to watch, like, like the comics in our, in our scene grow is just so, such a wonderful experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, one of my favorite jokes is your joke when you talk about your, uh, I think it was being on like the basketball team and like mm-hmm. Spike and Spike. Yes. <laughs> that joke is so good. Um, I, I was even talking to somebody else about it. I was like, dude, there's this, there's this, uh, there's this girl in our, in our, in our, our scene. Cause he's from uh, Dayton. Okay. And I was explaining this joke to you and I was telling him about the punchline. He's like, oh man, that's, that's genius. I was like, yeah, I know, right? Just like it's just the wordplay alone that makes it like a great freaking joke. But uh, yeah, no, like I, I've I continue to be impressed with the 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 joke writing that you do. Um, I am curious. Is there anything that you've noticed over the past? I guess the latter end of your year in mm-hmm. comedy that's been helping you write better or take more risk or anything like that. I guess a guiding principle at this point and something that I use when I'm reevaluating a bit is there's humor in finding the positive in a bad situation. Hmm. So uh, a recent bit about being considered white trash <laughs> and the, the, the positive pivot on that is that because I grew up in that environment, um, I'm very well prepped to handle a recession. <laughs> and so I think that there's a great deal of humor there. I talk about a lot of dark subjects in in my set, but I try very hard to keep it light. I think that mix of levity and also dark subject material is exactly what I find most funny and clearly seems to resonate with a lot of people as well. 
Couldn't agree more. Uh, I mean, would you would you consider yourself like a cleaner comic? Definitely. Okay. Um, I feel like I'm in a weird box in that my content is clean for the most part. The basketball bit that you mentioned is the only bit in which I swear. <laughs> it's so good. And <laughs> it's almost purposeful of a, that if you could listen to me do ten minutes of material, and then that's that's the only time yeah. I swear. Yeah. I think it hits even harder. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But I'm definitely clean, but I am not a family-friendly comic, I think, mm. as I would put that. So if you want me on a clean show, I'd love to do that. If there's going to be kids there, probably not, because we're going to be talking about some unaliving. <laughs> PG-13, huh? Yes. Or, yeah, it's not, I wouldn't even say rated R, but definitely PG-13. Mm-hmm. I think everything that would you see in the PG-13 movie, for sure. Uh, yeah, no, no, that's, uh, that's legit. Um, have you... Um, have you read any like good comedy books or anything like that that's kind of like helped you along your journey or have you taken any like classes or workshops i remember you telling me about one workshop you told me yes i took an emceeing workshop at crackpots comedy club in maslin ohio it was hosted Mm. by lou santorini and that was just a wonderful experience because it got me thinking about comedy shows in a way different than being a comedian on a lineup how so so we talked a lot about how a comedy show should run, how a comedy club works, the expectations that you have as the MC, and also interacting with the other staff, whoever booked you, running the light potentially, um, not over, going over the light, but merely <laughs> giving the light. Yes. <laughs> and just the mechanics, basically, of a show, which is something I've never really been privy to. I've, of the few shows I've been on, they're like, hey, are you available on this date? All right, show up at 10. And that's... <laughs> all the experience I have in actually setting up a show. So it was very it, fortuitous timing as well. I, I did that right before I produced my first show oh, nice. back in March. And so give me just a lot of good tips. Uh, don't leave the stage empty. Make sure that you talk to whoever is managing the club, the room, whatever, about anything that they want you to mention, whether that's upcoming shows, drink specials, etc. Um, and finding ways to weave that boring information into the set so getting like that housework out of the way while also making it fun heck yeah that's awesome so did you feel like your first show that you produced went well i do it went very well i produced it with rachel moore which is another female comic in the scene it was an all-female lineup for women's history month nice i think it went very well um the biggest the biggest compliment I could receive is that there were a couple of my friends who were comedians that bought tickets to go to this. Okay. And you know comics, when they buy when they buy tickets to go to a show, when they see you every day and they know that you're going to do jokes that they have already heard, that's the biggest praise. Because they just want to support you. <laughs> yeah. That's what that is. No, that's uh, it's wonderful when we have community support. You know? mm-hmm. We see each other at the mics and sometimes at the shows. And that's yes. always great to see a familiar face. Yeah. Absolutely. That's wonderful. That's cool. Uh, I have no clue how long we've been talking. Wow. Okay. Not as not as long as I thought. Um, you've kind of already said it a few times, but I would be uh, remiss if I didn't ask more directly. Uh, what would be a comedy tip you would give to a comedian who's trying to get like one percent better at comedy? Doesn't have to be anything huge. Just like like mm-hmm. if you do this, you definitely could get at least one percent better at the craft. You know. Every time you go up on stage, whether it's for an an open mic, have one one objective. 
So open mics are compared oftentimes to like the gym. You're working out your material. Get up on stage just wanting to change one thing, whether that's rearranging a bit, rewording something, telling a new joke for the first time. Uh, it really took the pressure off of me because the when I first started, I was under the impression that you had to write a new five every time you got up on stage. And that is not true at all. But then I was really overwhelmed about how to tackle through working through my material. Mm. Um, so just deciding one thing to work on really takes that pressure off. And then when you go back and you listen to the set, if you're recording it or if you just reflect on it, your experience, you have a better sense of whether or not that single adjustment made an impact. Because it's kind of like you control for everything else. So. That's pretty cool. No, and I completely agree. Like, there's a, there's a lot to gather from intentionality when mm -hmm. you get up on stage. Not just going up there and, you know, just kind of mm -hmm. express my, forgive my expression, dicking around. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Uh, I'm a clean comedian, Xavier. Sorry, sorry. Uh, pussy footing around. Oh, no. Uh, mm. Oh, that's worse, we're on, huh? We're on thin ice. I mean, oh, uh, 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 and just, Straight you know. goofing. Goofing around. There you go. Oof. Well, I didn't think I was going to make it out of that, for the guys. audience at home. All right. Well, this is usually a clean audience. <laughs> but, um, no, no, no. I, I definitely agree. Like, intentionality goes a long way when you're on stage. Um having some kind of objective, something you want to accomplish, setting your goals, you know, mm -hmm. go work on this joke, two jokes, whatever. I've always told people, like, if you have like a five minute set, prepare like one or two jokes in that set, especially for an open mic, so that you have plenty of room to work on it. Nobody is the wiser if you rush through your set, you know, um, and if you have five minutes of new jokes, you know, Lord have mercy on that audience, because I don't know if you'll make it through all five minutes succinctly without rushing mm -hmm. uh that's never the case yeah. um but yeah having an objective of like one maybe two jokes you're trying to work on and giving yourself that room to let them breathe mm -hmm. i think that's the best thing any comic could do new or old oh, excuse me but um yeah do you have any uh any shows coming up yes so on the 26th on the 26th of may i will be at Jeff Goldblum's comedy late night double feature. Oh yeah. Um, sorry, I'm working backwards. On the 25th, I will be doing sketch at Cafe Kerouac. I'm doing a solo sketch, so okay. that'll be a fun time. Heck yeah. And then the 27th of May, I will be up in Cleveland at the Imposters Theater for a sketch battle competition with two of my good friends in comedy, Zach Harley and Tony Wallace. Holy crap, wow. It will be a busy three-day weekend. I have already <laughs> told my partner that's a great time to play Zelda. I will be gone. <laughs> yes, it will be. Zelda's a wonderful game. <laughs> um, man, yeah, you are busy as heck. I'm glad you uh, had some time to sit down with me today. Um, you have any last thoughts for our wrap-up? It's been an awesome opportunity to get to talk comedy, and um, we just finished at the Summit Music Hall Sunday Open Mic, and it's a great room. That's the thing I love about the rooms that you have. Even with few people in the audience, it feels full because everyone is so engaged and having a great time. It really warms my heart. I'm making up for Murph. Yeah, well, you know, it's just you guys are all out here roasting me on the patio. <laughs> I don't think you meant to, but it was so harmful. Oh, if I mean to hurt your feeling, you'll know. You'll know. It yeah, won't no, be sarcastic. It won't be half. No, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. <laughs> 
It was the people who didn't mean to hurt my feelings. <laughs> who was his name? Jake? Who was with Audrey? Yeah, that's, that's it. He looked like uh, Ty Burnetti. Oh, <laughs> he did. He, he was like, hey, man, you were you were great up there. I was like, yeah, man, then you should listen to my podcast. He's like, oh, that'd be perfect, because then I can just listen to you and not watch you. I was like, oh, well, you could, you could do that inside, and, you know, I could you just turn your turn your chair around you know all i hear is just uh, yeah just and then that would be my cue to take three shots and forget about my sadness yeah Yeah. okay times like that i'm like man i wish i wish i drank just a little i don't have that coping mechanism i i do i do i have it for both of us i'm i'm here drinking both of our shots and um realizing i am that sensitive of a human being um, I probably shouldn't be doing comedy. <laughs> I, lo- I realize that I roast a lot of people, but they never really dish it back for real. Not like mm-hmm. my family. They uh, they have defined tough love for me, and um, no one no one loves you like family. Mm-hmm. No one roasts you like family. Mm-hmm. Oh, no one- nothing like my sister saying the worst thing in the world to Ooh, me. What'd she say? And then pivoting and just 10 minutes later so we're getting raising canes like, <laughs> like okay we're just gonna steamroll past that thing yeah. that i will carry with me and ruminate on for the next 10 years oh, all no. right oh no. oh my goodness love yeah her. that's love fam- her to pieces oh that's uh, family man mm-hmm. set you up for success and then tear you down <laughs> uh on the backside. Mm-hmm. like hey remember all that sturdy foundation i gave you Okay, chop, 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 chop. Mm-hmm. It's like, yep, you are now on the ground, building mm-hmm. from the ground up. She thought you had a sturdy foundation mm-hmm. for family. The, the, the terrible thing was, uh, I thought I thought your teacher said that you have low self-esteem. You're not acting like it right now. <laughs> was that your sister? Oh, man. She sounds like a savage. Oh, she is. She's the best. Uh, there Again, I, I think... If anything, that's prepped me better than any hecklers ever will. I was like, your best will never be my sister and my brother. Yeah. No, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's a fact. I think there's nothing anyone ever, could ever say to me that my family has not already said to me in some way that has already mentally and emotionally, maybe sometimes physically, scarred me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Family. Mm-hmm. family. The drunk guy in the back. Do your worst. I'm like, is that all you got? <laughs> I remember getting in a fight with my little brother and tearing off my toenail and fighting him back. Only for him to choke me out. True story. Um, I won't get into the... Oh, we went and made it sad. Yeah. <laughs> I won't get into the details of this Mother's Day, technically, still. Mm-hmm. We got a few more hours. Okay. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> At the end of the episode, right? <laughs> uh, yes. For y'all mothers listening at home. I still love you, Mom. Um, I don't think she listens to my podcast, but I like to think in my heart, she mm-hmm. listens to every episode and, uh, I make it sound like she's not alive. She's very, very alive. <laughs> um, uh, I'm sorry, mom, please don't beat me. Um, she's not also not abusive. Um, though I have not made a good case for her either way. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not good at goodbyes. Not usually. But I like talking to people and continuing the conversation yeah. and trying. Let's try to end this on a high note because I feel like if I mm-hmm. end it there, I won't be able to go home for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, what is? We already did comedy tips. 
what is a positive experience that you have had in comedy that's not technically a comedy tip, but it was like, hey, there's hope for comedy and comedians after all. <laughs> um, I guess every time I write with some other comedians that just mm. get my sense of humor nice. is so refreshing. Um, since most of my material is clean, there's a very select people, select few people that I think write like I do. And when I find them, I value those relationships greatly because it means that I don't have to get through all of that additional stuff when I'm like, hey, do you have a tag for this, et cetera? Because I know that they're not going to suggest <laughs> profane words that I don't want to speak into this podcast. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna help in what I way. And it's been rewarding to have the same thing to that. Um, when I can make a comedian laugh with an offhanded comment or a suggestion when requested on a <laughs> that's the big caveat Ooh. i do not give unsolicited advice um preach yes <laughs> uh, that that's so rewarding because this can be a very solitary endeavor i think is fair of of performing arts i mean you think of improv you think of sketch those are usually teams um you think of you know, live theater, music, uh, oftentimes those are collaborative as well. Stand-up can be really solitary. So when I find people that get my sense of humor and I get to spend time with them and I get to write with them, that's that collaboration that I love so much that I sometimes miss from other performing arts that I've done. Heck yeah. We talked about this the other night, but I think it's super relevant and a good way to end this episode. But uh, yeah, I remember you telling me somebody gave you advice and essentially it was kind of like, you ever tried pulling your dick out in the joke? <laughs> it was like, I see what you're saying, where you're coming from. Just feel like it might not be authentic for my material. Uh, one, because it's not clean, but also two, don't have a dick. <laughs> so uh, maybe can't do that. Also, I think that's such a weird, random piece of advice to give. A female comic who's not like looking for that type of super surprise in their material, like guys, I'm looking for a pivot. I'm looking for a, I'm looking for a real left turn in this bit. What can I do? All right, hear me out. Hear me out. So you're walking down the aisle, uh -huh. and then randomly you pull your dick out. Okay. Boom! Surprise. You okay. know? All right. Is that it? That, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Well, all right then. <laughs> Thank you, Chef. I, I was going to say, <laughs> I take whatever I get unsolicited advice, I take the chopped approach. I just, thank you, Chef. You got to, man. You really got to. Because sometimes that's like, that's such weird advice to get, you know, especially when it doesn't apply to your set at all. It's like, did they really just watch you do like five, maybe 10 minutes of clean material and then come up to you and be like, hey, Caitlin, that was a, that was a dope joke. Hey, listen, if you thought about any point when you were on the basketball court, you know, defending the other person or trying to like fight off the other person. Just pull out your dick. You ever thought about that? I'm noticing a, a severe lack of dicks in this set. <laughs> and I just, I want, I, that's the thing. As part of the scene, I want our, I, I want our comedy to be cohesive, okay? And so you as an outlier, I just need you to come into the dick, you know? As the dick ambassador of Columbus comedy, I really feel like if you're not pulling your dick out, what are you doing, are you, doing? you know? You're not even trying to help. You're just out here doing your own thing, being dickless. And I'm doing this for you. It's like you're a female comic or something. You just gotta, you gotta calm down and maybe try to fit in. Like, it couldn't be more misogynistic, you know? Mm -hmm. It's yeah. such weird advice. It really is. <laughs> it really is. But now, now we're, 
That's the thing. Here now we, we have content. Now we have jokes. Here so. we are living in this <laughs> this scene of comics where it's like, I don't know, bro. I just feel like that joke just needs a dick. <laughs> it's so strange. And it's so not twenty twenty three. Yes. So don't do that, guys. Don't don't tell people they need more dicks in their life when they don't want them. That's that's not. There's no consent, and that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Nope. I don't need that or any tip from you. <laughs> Couldn't have thought of a better way to end this episode. Thank you so much, Caitlin. So you much, are Xavier. such a pleasure. And this has been Mike Side Chat, guys. I'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please leave a review, let me know what you think, subscribe for updates, and I'll see you guys next time.